Hello, all of you Mad Women listeners. Hello, Mad Women, and hello, uh, hello to Mad Woman uh, Sophie. Oh, hello, Mad Woman Nora. Um, we're here to talk about season one, episode ten of Mad Men. It's called Indian Summer, and I'm I don't know sorry about you. This. Episode eleven. Oh my gosh, you're right. It is episode eleven. <laughs> it's Thank you. Doing that immediately. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm just unprepared, but. I was going to say, I don't know about you, but I felt like this was a rather vibrant episode. Oh, Peggy hey, would say stimulating. Um, <laughs> Freddie would say refreshing, which is not the right term. He's like, D- you don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I know we're zooming ahead, but when there's a meeting later where they kind of like talk around ladies orgasming sort of and masturbating and Freddie's like you need a code word like refreshing I'm like I don't think he understands that females orgasming <laughs> I don't think he understands a female you imagine act. a girl just finishing sex and she's like oh I feel so refreshed yeah oh, my skin has a glow no <laughs> um oh, I, one thing I felt like I, I think I've been feeling this with all of season one upon this rewatch I don't remember watching it and feeling like all these scenes were so short and abrupt and like cut I, quickly. I agree because I, I recently like was listening through like on a plane, a couple of our earlier episodes. And we were like, on that episode, we said, maybe this is something that is happening at the beginning while they're setting up. No, consistently 18 to 20 scenes in these. 16 so episodes, many scenes. Yeah. Which is very impressive. It's a little hard to split for a podcast, but it is pretty impressive that they were able to squeeze so much plot in the first season. Probably it'll loosen up as we get to like season like five gets a little slow. I guess that also explains why we jump so far ahead because it's like if you want to stay on a thread of, of two characters or a topic or a theme, you have to jump into like three to five different scenes that are not not in uh, a sequential order. Yeah. It's like the story thread. There's a couple of stories threaded throughout every episode and they kind of like weave in and out over time, which I think is sort of a cool way to tell the story, but it is also a little bit like, Oh no, I want to spend more time with Peggy hanging mm-hmm. out in the office with the bros, unfortunately. But well, I think this, ep- this episode was, I agree all over the place. And there's a lot of like, lady i mean this is going to sound very silly but like lady liberation like ladies figuring out that men are maybe not as necessary as they think that's kind of my attempt to summarize but uh-huh. like there's a lot of hodgepodge here a lot of hodgepodge it's kind of like a throw it in the soup pot and boil it kind of episode yeah um it's, in starts with of, the suicide yes starts with this horrible scene and then we just like don't really go back to this <laughs> Waka waka um, orgasms, just okay. like so weird. Like, yeah, it's very jarring. So basically, uh, Adam uh, Whitman is mailing uh, all the cash that Don gave him to Don, and then he just gets on a chair and kills himself. It's very sad and abrupt and a really harsh way to enter the episode. Yeah. So I would say two things on this. One is I think he's sending the photos and he's leaving the cash because. Pete steals the the package. So I'm zooming ahead. Pete, Pete, Pete steals the package and sees the photos and realizes. But doesn't he, he like sends the, the cash to Don though in the package. No, he leaves it to the city. If I think, if I remember correctly, like he lays it okay. out. Okay, But I mean, still the same point is he's giving away his stuff. He's yes. sending Don. In preparation. Important, in mm-hmm. preparation. And one thing I noticed in the scene, which was, I found really sad is 
he Adam got dressed up in a suit and clearly had just brushed his hair. I don't know why that detail is really sad, but that mm-hmm. he like wanted to look nice for his corpse is like really fucking morbid. Wait, how would the state know to give Don this box of cash? Um, he wrote a note. I think, I think if I remember correctly, I think it'll be like next episode, Don will call and they'll be like, he left it to the city and then he wrote a note or something like that. That sounds vaguely familiar now that you say that. I guess I just like jumped ahead and was like, oh, you just sent this cash in the mail, but that would be stupid too. So that would make sense because it's really Don's cash. Like it's not. Yeah, but it would be stupid to send cash in the mail like that, even though they do end up sending cash in the mail like that. So whatever. It's just, it's, it's a bummer way to enter the uh, 11th episode of Mad Men. It's, it's, it's a weird way to enter the episode um, and then kind of switches right to Peggy gossiping with her madre. Yeah. Also, another jump that I noticed is that mm-hmm. now it's October because that gets mentioned a lot in the next scene. Um, but the last episode was in Labor mm-hmm. Day or over Labor Day weekend. So like a month has already passed. Oh, and man, that kind of up to us. Yeah. And that kind of like changed my whole view of the episode with especially with like the Roger stuff. You're like, OK, so Roger has literally been out of work for a month, which I guess makes sense. But if you are watching it and not paying as much attention as we are, you might think, oh, it's just been a week or so since like the last episode. I definitely thought it was a week. So that's a good catch. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. October. Um, and yes, we cut to a larger Peggy as well. Well, um, I got to say on the Mad Men front, uh, I think they do a really bad job with fat suits, but that's just I me. definitely agree. They're like, when you're fat, your face just becomes a balloon. It's like, you know, that's not necessarily how weight gain works, but that is a very easy tell. So, mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to write it off here as there's not a lot of budget, but when we get to Fat Betty, like there's just no excuse. I, honestly, that fat suit is worse than Peggy's. It's... It, <laughs> We're, we're gonna I have a lot to say about fat petty a petty petty petty, petty Peggy. <laughs> I mean that kind of all goes together but Peggy is on her on the phone in the office very boldly talking to her mom about a blind date a date that you're gonna have later in the episode that's awful um I think it's kind of ballsy because Peggy uh, Joan comes up to Peggy uh Peggy hangs up and says were you listening to my phone call and Joan says, your personal phone call, which I kind of agree with Joan there. Like, that's really inappropriate. But also she's feeling herself because she's writing now. Peggy and they're just they're just pushing each other's buttons. Peggy has all this confidence or she's starting to build it. And she's like, yeah, a personal phone call. And Joan's like, a personal phone call? It's just like a great little bitchy scene. And, Back and forth. Joan um, looks great as always. She, I yes. love the tethered skirt, as I said in previous episodes. I want it. And uh, Don enters the office and then Peggy stands up when Don enters. And my question for you is, do you think this happens every day? Like, does she do the secretary stand up when their male counterparts enter the office? So upsetting. <laughs> I hope not. I hope, you know, I would say that maybe like a goody two shoes like Peggy would. I don't remember the name of Pete's secretary. Hildy. Hildy does not stand up for Pete. She's like, you're full of shit. I'm not standing up for you. Maybe she was also a little flustered. She was like, oh, I was just making a personal phone call. Hello, Mr. Draper, you know, like stands up. But it reminded me of something that isn't really that relevant, but I feel like happens in some Mad Men scenes where like 
And my mom told me this, that back in the day when a woman goes to the bathroom on a dinner date, a man is supposed to stand up when she returns. And I find that like very romantic, but it's obviously like not a sustainable idea anymore. And it's like not very feminist of me to say that, but I'm like, the secretary should not stand for the man. Yeah. The the guy should stand for the lady. Well, I like it. I like it. I didn't notice that, but I also am like, don't know how to feel about it, but he's kind of getting out of that mode. Yes. And Don is mad that it's like a hot October day. And I was like, do you hate everything good in this world, Don? And then he asked for, for perhaps the first time ever, a glass of water from Peggy. (laughs) That is true. It's notable. He's like ice water, no whiskey this time. Yeah. Um, And then he finds out that he has to fill in in a meeting for Roger because Roger's still out of the office. At this point, it's been about a month, I would say. And Joan asks Don how Roger is doing. And Don's mm-hmm. response is less sickly. And it's just so cryptic. Yeah. He's like, I will reveal nothing. And then everyone just is left guessing. And I I do wonder kind of what, how often Don has visited Roger given his reaction last time and how mm. bad Roger looks, I guess, like in the last like week or two, we do obviously see him later in the episode, but before he gets like, gussied up to come into the office does he look like shit because it's kind of he says less sickly and it sounds like very very sickly from the yeah then uh there uh some of the bros enter a meeting with don and peter says joan's been a real bitch lately and sal's like i like it which is so classic (laughs) i love that i was like you go sal you would (laughs) um and they discuss this ad campaign for this weight loss product that is a very confusing contraption to me um we'll get more into that later i think and i noticed that don calls out ken for leaving work early mm-hmm. which yeah. is fun and then they kind of defending up, peggy a little bit yeah but they end up nice. asking peggy to help with the copy and she walks in and is like basically the <laughs> i feel like her subtext was like why because i'm fat and then the guys were like no because you did good on belle jolie but i'm like oh i feel like it is because it's she gave definitely me. like there's a lot of bitchy comments mm-hmm. like joan's been a bitch sally you've been a bitch like two seconds ago um i loved the end of this scene because there's a shot of peggy just leaving and then it's, I think, all six men from the office are just sitting and they just watch her leave and they just sit in there smoking, watching her. I'm like, yeah, that would be intimidating as hell to like walk out of the office or at least just like they're going to say some terrible stuff about me. But I think Peggy handles it well. And I like that she asked, like, why me? She kind of is like, again, pushing back a little bit to a room full of six men. Yeah, um, I, I wrote later that I feel like she's doing well for herself in this pit of lions, basically. She definitely is. Um, um, yeah, I think that's all I have for that scene. There's, I wanted to sort of call out, there's so many Don Dupes in this episode. Let me say, there's a, a lot of them. But there's a plethora of Don Dupes. But when Don just goes, the electricizer, and he looks off like he's winning an award, and you're like, okay, stop acting like it's toasted like stop having that face every time you say a word that's not good yeah that's exercisers not a good one that sounds like a contraption i mean i will say this product is such a weird thing which i guess kind of jumps into the next scene unless you had anything else but um peggy's with her roommate her roommates in pjs and drinking a bottle of coke with a straw which i just thought was 
whimsical. I wrote that down too. <laughs> Wait, what did felt- you say about it? I said it, it seemed kind of whimsical, but that's obviously like a regular okay. occurrence. I just feel like it's hard to drink Coca-Cola at nighttime, personally. I, this is terrible for me. I definitely noted that too, but I, I hope you don't drink Coca-Cola out of a straw. I was like, but then oh, I was thinking yeah. Coca-Cola out of a straw, if you drink it out of the straw, like we're not friends. Like <laughs> I just, you don't understand the appeal of Coca-Cola if you're drinking it through the straw, unless it's like, maybe it's full sugar and then it's okay. So do you I not drink Coke out of a upsetting. straw when you're getting like a fountain soda? Mm, I don't get, I don't. I don't no, really like soda, soda, to be honest. Coke. I'm like a weirdo, but I, yeah. You're healthier for it. Well, I feel the like I'm of, drinking yeah. a bottle of soda. I'm drinking it out of the bottle. It's like, could you imagine drinking a, this is different, but I guess they're both carbonated, but like a, yeah. like a Bud Light bottle with a straw, like that's sick, you know? It would be, if I saw a do that with like a twisty straw, I'd be like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? That's amazing. Watch it bartending. It's going to be next week. You're going to have someone. I'm not seeing that. Straw. No one is doing that, but it, it was odd. It was like a little 60s odd image to me. Maybe she was trying to preserve her teeth because I have seen people do that. Mm. that although, why is this random girl doing that? But I don't know why we're fixating on this, but I definitely wrote that down too. It upset me because the part of di- of Coke, Diet Coke particularly, but Coke that tastes so good is the can and it kind of tastes like metal. Do not sue us, Coke, not that you would care. But... That's the best part. Anyway. Yeah. So they they have a little chat and then Peggy's like, I have to get to work. I feel like the roommate's kind of like, you're always working, but Peggy's like, I'm making a name for myself. And is is Peggy's roommate right about her not having to pay her having to pay a full half, even though she doesn't use the phone. Ooh. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I'm like, I, don't, I can see why both are mad at each other, but it makes me like sad for Peggy because clearly, like, they are just like not friends, and mm-hmm. I'm like, that's tough. Yeah, it's like not a good roommate. It's not like our roommate relationship. When I was like, I hope that we never in a situation where we <laughs> have to like argue about the phone bill. That feels like the saddest thing ever. It does. Um, um, so Peggy pulls out this weight loss contraption that looks like just a giant pair of underwear and spoiler it's a vibrator i definitely the first couple times thought she was just wearing it without underwear on Mm -hmm. and then i was upset by it i'm like it would be rubber and vibrating that would be terrible yeah but then sorry i'm going way too much into specifics so i think the broader question i had here is did the creator know yes. what he was creating? He did. Okay. I, I mean, does how he not could you not? Female anatomy. Does he like, like the clit doesn't exist. Okay. Oh, when for the we, like female anatomy doesn't exist and like without a penis, it's impossible. Like, is that what he thinks? And he just thinks you're stimulating the exercise muscles. Okay. When, when we went to the university of Iowa, did you yeah. come to that play with me? That was like about the first vibrator that came out during the Victorian era to like help hysterical women. No, but I remember I really wanted to. I didn't. Okay, so I feel like because the Victorian era was, you know, ni- early 1900s, so we're well mm-hmm. into the 1900s by this episode time period, that, like, at this point, like, 
maybe vibrators aren't like publicly known, but they like you, I feel like at this point, the science is there that, you know, a vibration in the lower half of a region of a woman's body is going to provide some, some refreshments, you know, as uh Freddie would say. Yeah. It's not that like the guy, there's not science. I definitely know what you mean, but more like would men, would male scientists care? Like, would they, I don't even feel, would they I just really, feel like, I, I feel like say we can get money from these women. Like, it just seems like a very weirdly progressive thing to say that like, we will create something that vibrates and, and then kind of gets women off and then get money from them. Like that's, I know like it's weird, thing. but I, I, for the purpose of this and maybe with a 2022 perspective, I feel like it was intentional. I, if when you look at the underwear thing, couldn't you just have like a sheath that like tightens? Like, right. It's a little it sexual. Under- it doesn't, what muscles? It's like two inches of muscle. Like you could have had the whole ab area. Right. They could have just um, done like a stomach, like uh waist situation, which I feel like those also exist. I think those exist. Yeah. yeah there was like yeah. a band that like. Yes, wow. the band and you stand on a thing and it vibrates you. I, I feel like I've seen that in stupid who cartoons. Is, who is this creepy scientist <laughs> this vibrator like his wife and then they started selling it oh my gosh yeah so i think it's intentional but that's just yeah so we see betty is kind of waiting up on don in the draper residence but Mm -hmm. don's with rachel of course and they are they just had sex in a way that people in movies only have sex with the sheets fully up on like their beds hate it we we probably talked about that already but it it does not happen bothers me so much like i'd rather just have her like wear a bra but their waists are like like they're both like over the sheets you know Mm-hmm. Like no one has underarm pit. Like you would be cold. You would at least go completely under. Yeah. Especially if it's October. Although I guess it's supposed to be hot in this scenario. I did notice there was like a one single rose on her bedstand. I'm like, would Don really bring her a rose? Is that really his no, deal? She picked that herself. You know, she definitely picked that herself. Um, she's definitely catching hard feels for Don, and she says like, "This is hard. Like it must be hard for you." And Don is just like, "LOL, it's not hard for me." You know. I, this was my second of many tattoos. <laughs> so many this episode, Deborah. Uh, I mean, I, like, I don't think about it. I mean, I try not to. He's <laughs> trying to seem like really upset. It's like, Don, you just don't give a shit. You Honestly, don't care. He I did. He was and he like backpedaled. I did like this line though. And I felt like it was honestly really <laughs> like well said for a lot of different situations. And he's like, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Just not wor- sure where I'm going. And I'm like, Oh, I kind of like that. I, I think that that was like a really good answer. And at the same time, this whole scene, I was yelling at Rachel saying, you were so smart. Like, I know two episodes ago. And it, it was the sex. It changed things for you. I know. I just feel like though, he also knew what to say in this scene. And I can't say I, I wouldn't be susceptible to that either with that <sighs> face. Girl, girl. I'm so sad for <laughs> Rachel, but like understood. Okay. I have another random question. I love your questions. What? Um, appreciated. Uh, so going back to Betty, I, I think I actually now I'm realizing that I think the answer will think through this question. I think it's the therapy that's making her realize that Dot something's up because wouldn't mm. Don not be coming home because of Midge? Why is Rachel different than Midge? He was still cheating. Is this like you, she can tell emotional detachment 
Mm. Is Betty more aware because of the therapy? Like we saw him just not come home for like two days in the, the opening episode. Yeah. And does he just say that it's work? Because like, what's interesting, which is jumping into the next scene is like, Don just keeps extra shirts at work. So like conceivably it's like, I know it's great. I would definitely do that. (laughs) Conceivably like he could just be working so late, so hard. And then he just changes at work, you know, Mm -hmm. but are you saying like, how is she becoming more self-aware at this point in the season? Yes. Why was she not? She was just looking at Don lovingly in the first episode, not selecting anything when it was Mitch. But Mm. now that it's Rachel, she's sort of suspicious and there's a wall there. And I'm worried. I'm curious if it's her becoming more aware through like the therapy and meeting Helen and all that, or if it's because Don is like having actual feelings for Rachel as opposed mm. to Mitch, he didn't care about Mitch. That's interesting. I well, I definitely wouldn't say it's a therapist because he's fucking useless. But I would say <laughs> maybe <laughs> she's enough. becoming like more aware of her own unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even know if there's like self awareness there. But I think if someone's not coming home. You're gonna have your suspicions. I feel like. Oh yeah, like I felt very bad for her trying. I have only once, but I've been there where you're like waiting up and you're just like Mm -hmm. listening and you're like, Oh, no. Oh, oh, there's a noise. No, I guess I got to go to bed. And that's not a good feel. Well, in the next scene, as we know, Don changes his shirt. Uh, Peggy comes in and, you know, tells him the kind of like not great copy for this weight loss vibrator contraption. Um, I will break in and say that Don does. He he does my single highest, I think, pet peeve of the office. Ooh, what is it? Right up. And I think we've discussed this before off off of the podcast. Um, when you write a report or an email or a summary, and then you see your boss in another context and they ask you to summarize it verbally, even though you put effort into putting it in written form. Mm-hmm. This has happened to me many times, and I'm pleased. <laughs> want to say go read the email that i crafted painstakingly now i won't remember it and you'll think i'm dumb oh man i feel bad for peggy in this scene i was so you wrote it down so i know she she definitely did i did feel bad for her because they just have this awkward convo about like it vibrates in the right spot you know there's Um, a look on her face when she realizes she's going to have to say it vibrates oh he goes oh no i will say i feel like she kind of rushed this and i maybe she wanted to seem efficient but i felt like the copy wasn't that good and she could have like spent another day trying to figure out i mean i feel like there's a way to write around the vibration situation (laughs) i do agree with you although i i didn't know if it it was clear from the assignment if she was supposed to write copy or if she was supposed to write her impressions Mm -hmm, yes mm -hmm. but i do agree that the next day was a little bit extra like well don says Perhaps the most Don Draper line ever and his advice to Peggy is think deeply, then forget the answer will come. Do you think that's true? I think Don does that constantly. It's like every scene he's like ruminating so hard and then he like says nothing because it's like, I don't know. I just think, what did I write down? There's so many scenes, particularly in season one, I think where Don comes across as this like mysterious figure. He doesn't have a lot to say. He's very closed off to people. And I just feel like this advice of like thinking deeply and forget it. The answer will come is just like, like suppress everything. So you can just like 
do whatever you want. Oh, I love that. That's very true. That's very true. So I think he does do this. And I think that's why like it's toasted is like, cause he probably didn't put any fucking effort in that. He like, didn't he did about it. And then he just did in the initial episode about it, forgot about it. And then he was like, it's toasted. And I'm like, this is Don Draper. Everyone has it ever worked. Have you ever tried that? And if so, has it worked for you? Well, I just think deeply and deeply and deeply. And I never stop. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Um, I totally agree. I'm like, I will bang my head against this wall until I break through with my head in this, analogy and that's not good um i really liked the advice i personally think even though it's totally don draper flying by the seat of his pants annoying i personally found it to be very sweet that he gave her this advice i don't know why but i was moved no it's cute i feel like there's Uh, he vacillates between really patronizing and being really uh helpful to her yeah it's it's goes to a larger question which i think will Probably there'll be more to say in the next couple of episodes, like near the finale, but why Don is nice to her, I think mm. is like a central thing that I've never fully understood. I understand. Oh my God. My initial impression pain. was like, because she's not hot, but that's really rude. <laughs> oh no. But I think that it does make her, it makes him safe to interact with her. And mm-hmm. I think, there was a part where I first watched it before I knew she was pregnant, where it seemed like she was eating to sort of make herself safe because she was attractive. They wouldn't take her seriously. So mm-hmm. it sort of allowed her to make, get a leg up and have them to trust her. So I definitely think there's actually something real there. Yeah, but it is odd because I just don't think of Don Draper as like a feminist, but I feel like he's the only one who gives Peggy a chance and is like the only one not objectifying her or like speaking ill of her. And it, it's like, it's just interesting. Yeah, that he chooses to do that because part of it is to fuck with Pete, but not all of it. So it's not really clear why. Other yeah. than Pete I now, like that. I think we should. Loves. I think we should bring that up as as the season goes. Totally. Okay, so I need to admit that you were right. In the last episode we recorded, I was like, we've already seen this like dryer vibrator scene. I just like uh, completely misremembered it, and you were right, but. You were not Betty being thirsty. She's been thirsty like the whole season. Well, I must have been thinking of something else, but basically um, Betty is greeted uh, at her house by this air conditioning salesman. Salesman must have been real aggressive door to door back in the day. And he asked for a glass of water. And my initial reaction was like, oh, that seems innocent. And then I was like, oh, stranger danger. And it's like, I feel like that's like when a guy is like walking you home and he's like, can I use your bathroom? And it's just to like get in your pants, you know? And mm-hmm. I initially wanted to give this guy the benefit of the doubt that it was hot and he needed a glass of water. But did you think this was like a total ploy to get in the house to like sell her the air conditioner? Or yes. did you think he gent? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think it was because he was so pushy when he got in the door that it was definitely, I think a ploy and on the first side, I understand that Betty, like, he's admittedly, like, very cute, and she kind of is innocent and lets him in, but I was sort of yelling at the screen, Betty, no, give him the glass, and then stand next to the door while he drinks the glass. Do not mm-hmm. let him in your home. Yes. But luckily, she gets a good sex fantasy out of it, so... <laughs> Well, she also, I think she kind of acts like she has the upper hand and knows the tricks of the trade because she's like, yeah, like I get that you're trying to sell me something. My husband is in advertising. And then they kind of do this back and forth power dance. But then 
at the end, Betty is just abruptly like out of the blue, please go. And she like basically kicks this guy out. And I'm curious, my question to you is like, what made her change her mind? Is it the fact that he was like about to come upstairs? Was she starting to get a little hot? Like, like, like sexually hot, you know, like what was it? I definitely think there's like a couple of shots where he's standing too close to her, Mm. like he's in her face and she kind of looks up at him like, I'm nervous about this, but I'm like a little bit turned down by you. So I think she definitely was attracted to him. And I definitely think there was a thing about going upstairs where she realized this is really inappropriate and Mm. I should not do this. Not necessarily like something would happen, but this is just the meaning of this is a lot because she's wearing like her negligee. She keeps mm-hmm. on trying to close it. It's pretty uh a lot to be in a bedroom alone with a man who's not your husband wearing a negligee. Like even Fair. nowadays it would be sort of like, okay, mm-hmm. that's um, a choice. Well, but we'll go back to that. It's like her. an example of how we have to stop talking about this scene and go to something else. Um but basically Bert has to chat down the lucky strikes clients from a cliff because they're, they're all up in arms that Roger's been out of the office and he asked on for help. That's literally all I wrote about that scene. Yes. Same. I wrote this exact same line is really short. And then he just says, clear the day. Like it's interesting that he tries to act like Roger's fine. And he uses the phrase, they called my bluff. Mm. They're coming in, which is interesting because I think it's the only time we see Bert sort of mess up because yeah. I don't know if that was a good move. Like I understand why he was doing it, but I don't think that that was wise of Bert. So it's interesting that they have to kind of cover Bert's tracks there. It's just interesting too. Cause I feel like the whole, like the first few seasons, there is this entrenched, like Roger is lucky with lucky strikes and for lucky strikes and works with lucky strikes. And it's like, wonder what he did to like, he must've brought them in. He must have a like standing relationship with them. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I feel like Don is really allegedly good at his job. And it's like, he would be a great replacement for Roger while he's out. And they just like, don't want to have it. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're really, this will go to like a bigger conversation later, but about how oh, Lee Garnier senior. Oh my God. They're such dicks. Um, is very uncomfortable is uncomfortable with Don leading the way and says we like Don but you should show him that you like Don which is sort of a signal to make mm. him harder but that is that whole interaction sort of confuses me so mm-hmm. I think we can get to that but I, I agree that it's not really clear there there's like this pairing and this history there but like why that's there and also mm-hmm. why Don is like sort of in and sort of out is not really well. If we could stay in that scene, we would. But then we have another scene. Yeah, we have down to the next one. Um, Rachel's at lunch or dinner with her sister. They're at a very nice-looking Chinese restaurant. Um, and they're both looking very cute. I like oh, my gosh. Like, that's my favorite. Rachel has my favorite outfit. It's this, like, botanic plant pattern shirt. It's very cute. I thought you would like that because you love biology. It's very cute. I actually thought that you would really like that shirt. Really? Because I, I like the shirt, too. But it's... it's <laughs> It definitely feels like, I don't know the plants, I guess like the hairdo, something like the hairdo and like mm. the jewelry. Yeah, it was my favorite me. outfit. It definitely um, looks very much like some of the, um, which is not a diss on the outfit at all. It looks very much like um, my current um, seat cushions. They look just <laughs> like that pattern and I love them. I love that. Yeah, it's very, it's very botanical. Um, 
and Rachel's dancing around the topic of Don and her sister disapproves because obviously he's married and Rachel lies and is like, well, we haven't done anything, which is like, you're lying to your sister. You're lying <laughs> to yourself, girl. I kind of wish we had like two, one or two spin-off episodes of just Rachel and her sister because I love them together. I love that the sister says um, something along the lines of, I only know what I've heard from TV um, about dating married men or being with married men. Uh, they always say they're going to leave their wife and then they don't. I saw this one where <sighs> the girl gets pregnant and he kills her. You don't want to be that woman. Oh my God. Good advice. And yes. also hilarious. And yeah. also something I feel like an, a woman would actually say to you, like a friend would actually say that to you and be like, you don't want to get murdered. And you'd be like, really? I know. I'm like, good job, Mr. and Mrs. Rachel for raising cool daughters. For sure. Although it won't help her because she just needs to get rid of Don. It's going to happen. <laughs> Oopsie. Okay. So another quick jump from there to Betty and Don. Um, that night, uh, and Betty clearly wants some sexy time and Don is not having it because he is all tuckered out from having sex with Rachel all the time. Oops. And then Betty, yeah, whoops. A lot then of whoops. Betty, oh, so much whoops. Uh, Betty then brings up sort of in a weird way the, the salesman being mm-hmm. in the home. I really interpreted this as her being just naive and kind of not thinking about it and wanting to say, hey, we could get and air conditioning because you're ignoring me and then stumbles into saying that there was a salesman in their living room. Don flips out and says, do you know what could have happened? Which I don't, I think we were texting about this back and forth before. Yeah. God, we don't disagree, but also very paternalistic and gross, especially Don saying, I damn well will raise my voice. <laughs> God, sounds like such an old man. He sounds like such a crotchety old man. And then he ends this by saying, good night, Betty, and just turning over grumpily. And then Betty's like, all right, well, I still didn't have sex and I got yelled at. So that's not great. Well, I have a few things to say on that. I actually think she brought it up on purpose, like the salesman. And I can't tell you why. And I don't know to what end, but maybe it's like, you're ignoring me. And let me tell you about something reckless I did so you don't ignore me. But then it, like, backfired. Mm-hmm. I also felt like because she, she's she been trying to instigate sex a lot with Don. And I feel like the only time they really do it is when she lands that modeling gig with Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like she's she's curious about the salesman and she puts it out there. Whether that's intentional or not. But I think she brought it up intentionally because it was on her mind and she wanted to be recognized. And then... And Don says, like, do you know what could have happened? And she was like, yeah, I could have gotten an air conditioner, which I thought was like such a great response. Mm -hmm. But yeah, his whole good night, Betty, I I wrote down, okay, you big fucking baby. Like, yeah, I guess how you have a dialogue. Yeah. I think I think this was the first or second episode we talked about this, but I hate when people say this is the end of the conversation and just decides you're done talking. Okay, I guess we're done talking for the night and possibly three nights because you're just going to go fuck Rachel for the next two nights. Oh, so upsetting. Well, then we have another scene jump because it's the jumpiest episode of season one. Mm -hmm. And Roger returns to the office for about an hour. 
And he admits to like returning to the spot of the heart attack. And he's clearly like going through some stuff where he's like thinking about what that was. It does not go well. No. And Joan, um, he's, she's like called in to specifically put like makeup on his face to make him look a little less sickly, I suppose. And Mm -hmm. my question for you is like, because then they end up being in the office alone and they kiss and it's actually kind of like tender and sweet and inappropriate, like all of the above. But Mm -hmm. did Don and Bert put her in the office specifically to do the makeup or did they want to give them one-on-one time? Cause like Bert knows about this, right? Like that was pretty established. So I was oh, like, Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. And I was just like, that'd be next level on his part to just be, I don't safe. think this is a little pick me up to make you feel better. I don't think that was the intention. Like I genuinely think they were like, Jones, the mama of secretaries, she's going to make you look good. She's clearly like the hottest one in the office, but there was I'm definitely like, giving the space. That's yes. a little intentional. Yes. And I'm like, it's, I bet Don and Bert totally know what's going on with Joan and Roger. I bet Roger one day, even though he hasn't, like, we haven't seen him explicitly say it to Don, but I could totally picture him making Don get drinks with him and being like, I'm fucking that redhead in our office. You know? Okay. Like, <laughs> Remember when they were climbing the stairs? Yes. yes. I love redheads with big breasts. There's <laughs> one in the whole office. Yeah, they they both know this is going on. I'm sure everyone in the office knows this it's is going on. So not. So yeah, not. I'm like, did was this like intentional, like for them to have a moment alone to get intimate? Like not literally have sex, know. but I don't know, but I love this idea. I've never thought of that. I mm-hmm. like this idea. It seems like Bert would have the grace to leave them alone because he'd realize there's all these emotions and it's sort of too much so they need a moment to sort of talk it's so unprofessional and i feel like bert literally was like warning joan against this so that it doesn't track for me fully that that was the intention but it's something that crossed my mind that's really interesting um i think aside from that that point just this is just this conversation i it's so upsetting, but I love it. I love the background music. <laughs> I love Joan's outfit and her face. She just looks so immaculate. And I think that this is the moment when Joan just completely gives up on him and says, I'm going to marry someone else. She oh. just goes, no, I can't do it. I can't Wait, do really? it. Because I thought she was like totally in love with him in this scene, even though everything he says is like so not romantic. Like he's literally I, starts, the first thing he starts talking about is Nixon, where it's like nothing says sexy time, like bringing up a presidential candidate, you know, mm-hmm. not yeah, uh, focus, buddy. And that just definitely felt like yet again, another moment where it felt like, the political conversation was forced into a scene, but whatever. I think we're also just like done with politics right now. <laughs> Damn, midterms. Yes. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that she was having feelings in this scene, like, sort of against her will. And I think after this scene, it kind of crushes that. And she makes a conscious mm. decision. Like I am going to shut off these feelings towards Roger. Well, because he's not a safe person. I have, Anyway, we can well, we can go ahead, but there's so many moments. No, do you bad. think it's because she had this change of heart because he he looks at her in such a tender way, and then oh instead God. of saying anything normal, he's just like, "You're the finest piece of ass. I love roaming those hillsides." And it's like, what? Like, I'm it flattered, feels but so real to a man though. Like, can't you imagine a guy being really emotional and then being like, "You're so hot." 
And then, no, but it's so it's, like it's so not cute, like watching that. But I feel like yes, if somebody literally said to me that you're the finest piece of ass, that's like a compliment. But like hearing that is so uncomfortable. After someone has a heart attack, and that's what they thought of you. <laughs> so it's yeah it's not anything like oh i couldn't live without you or like i couldn't imagine my life without you it's literally just just like i love your ass i'm just i I, it's baffling oh man brutal and i love that they just have the music in the background that's sort of quirky and just show joan's face just collapse it's a great scene and i he caps it with the worst thing of all that i think solidifies him as the baby man who drank milk and vodka um, he says this to her, she starts crying, and then he says, That's not what I wanted. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry you didn't have me just like tear off my clothes when you said that. Wow. Sorry, Joe's a, not a bird that you can put in a cage for a month. What happened to that bird? Oh, that bird is dead, dude. That bird is definitely <laughs> dead. It went out of the red air. Yeah. Because oh, no. probably Carol got the bird. Joan's like, you need to leave my apartment and take this bird. Oh, oh no. That's so sad. That I know. did happen. I know. Oh, she's sad. Right. We'll have to, we'll have to look out the for the bird. Yeah. Maybe maybe Joan still has it. But yeah. Then we jump to another set of characters. Betty and Francine. And I'm... Okay, this is one of two favorite outfits. And I didn't Mm -hmm. choose Joan specifically because I wanted to choose something a little different. I love this outfit because I believe it's the first time we see Betty in pants. And I think she looks really cute in the pants. I feel like we've seen her in pants. Have we? I thought we only saw her in dresses so far. What do I know, though? Maybe. I, at least the the pants were like very crisp and well cut, and I like that her I like that her shoe her her shoes her outfit is not actually super feminine, but she mm-hmm. makes it feminine because she's wearing it. I think it's a really cute look on her. Yeah, she doesn't have like the frills that she usually does. She's stripped down a little bit, yes, but still agreed. looks very good. Um, so yeah, Betty's over at Francine's house. Francine just had her baby. They're smoking in the baby room. It's fine, you know. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and there, Betty brings up the air conditioner guy to Francine, or that's the, really the conversation she had with Don about the salesman. Mm-hmm. And I love that Betty said, you know, cause Francine was like, how did this ha- like conversation happen? And Betty was just like, it just came up. And I was like, no bitch, you brought it up. You know, mm-hmm. that's I why think I think that it was, was intentional. Like, I think, I think she, that, that that's the strongest point you have because that mm-hmm. definitely makes it seem like, and then seem like you're being super honest. She's the the only other thing I have from this scene that felt notable to me is that she says to Francine, Don lost his temper, but she justifies it by saying like, he's just protective. But I'm like, Oh, that's like, like, I don't know. That's like covering a red flag, I guess. I definitely agree with you. And I noticed in this scene that she says he's very protective, but you can see she's kind of angry behind her eyes when she says that. So it's the first time of, you know, the unhappiness sort of bubbling up, at mm-hmm. least in, like, company. And, I, I mean, I, it's not a great quote, but I just couldn't find a quote, so I chose that as my quote because I feel like it's the beginning of... Like your favorite line? A, tur- a favorite line mm-hmm. in this episode, because I feel like this is a turning point for Betty where she's realizing he's very protective, and this is probably something that not only she can say about Don, but women, wives of that time could say about their husbands, but there's also, like, this kind of paternalism and maybe like malice is a dramatic word but that's what's coming to mind is malice behind that term mm-hmm. or that 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 idea of being protective mm-hmm. um so i just Ooh. felt like there was a lot there and i definitely flagged it too and another thing 
going back a little bit, just that Francine said, oh, if I let, it's not funny. If I let a, a, um, a salesman into my house, Carlton would break my arm. Okay, Jesus. we just buzz past that. Uh, okay, run, Francine, which she does eventually, but still. I didn't even notice that line. That's how, like, nonchalant she brought it up. She just says it, like, in front of the baby, like, NBD. Oh, yikes. I don't oh, think boy. I picked a favorite line from this episode, but I guess I did like that that Don Draper line, you know, think deeply, then forget the answer will come. I guess I'll pick that. that. That's a good one. That's a good one. But I, I like, like that you picked Donism. one that, that, like, propels a character into their own actualization, I guess. Yeah, I'm hoping that this is, you know, signifying Betty. Betty becoming angry Betty, which as we start, talked about in the beginning of the podcast, is really fun and upsetting when she talks to her children. But we'll yes. get there. Um, so then we jump back to Lucky Strike, and there's a meeting with the Lucky Strike heads. They kind of, they're they're smoking and drinking and eating deli sandwiches, and something about that upsets me. <laughs> Um, it's all the worst things for people with heart problems. They're like, yeah. the absolute worst. The like, worst. here's some meats and cheese and alcohol and smoking. Mm-hmm. And Roger does not smoke, which I thought was interesting. Or and he doesn't I smoke also, initially, right? Or maybe he eventually does it. I, I noticed that, too, that uh, Lee Garner Sr., he, I just have to say it weird every time because it's annoying. Yes. Um, he... Tr- ends up lighting a cigarette and then everyone sort of looks at him and waits and then Don sort of hesitates and slowly lights the cigarette. So I think there was an idea of no one wants to smoke around Roger, but if this guy does it, we have to follow suit to sort of feel like everything's fine. And then finally Roger does it after peer pressure and everyone does it. But what confuses me about that is like in many seasons later, there's the whole like smoking causes cancer. Well, I guess cancer is different than heart issues, but is the science there at this time period that like smoking is bad for your heart if it's not known fully or like maybe the the there's nuggets of it causing cancer but i feel like that comes up in like later seasons i think those went to yeah i i could totally be wrong but i think that the lung cancer even though that's what people know most of all there there's some knowledge at this point that it's not um, good it's for you to, Thickening, thickening the blood and like okay. blood clots, which would be bad if you had heart problems. Oh, so that, I think that, that that's well known. Because it's like, this point. if it were so any other client, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But the fact that they're like literally a cigarette company is like, you know, you got to go with it. Right. And it, I thought it was kind of, it was really ironic that they were talking about, oh, there's this lawsuit, but there's no damages, so you're fine. And meanwhile, everyone is actually mm. kind of terrified that, like, don't light up a cigarette because you're going to kill this guy in the room. It just felt very loaded. And also, I was looking up, because I got really interested in, you know, the, just like the weird science behind the blood clot and all that. I was looking up Lucky, and the lawsuit and everything. I was looking up Lucky Strike, and I read a weird tangent that after the first season of Mad Men, they had a huge spike in sales mm. because it's Don Draper's favorite cigarette, which of course. is, of course, but also like I find sort of distressing after the scene, but I just needed to share it. Um, um, this scene also reminded me of something I learned from, I think it was my grandpa, and he did, my grandpa did a lot of traveling for work and Uh, I believe when he went to China, like you're supposed to, if you're in a business meeting, I think this happens Mm -hmm. in a lot of Asian countries like Korea too, when Mm -hmm. 
when you're in a meeting and there's alcohol involved, it's like polite to um, keep up a pace with like the highest person in the room. So I feel like my grandpa would get drunk because he was like trying to like keep up with, you know, these, these head honchos essentially. And there's a lot of room for power plays there. Yeah. And that just kind of reminded me of the cigarette thing where it's like, Roger clearly does not want this cigarette, but he feels like he has to, to please the client. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's annoying. And then I just wrote that they're like, they're so Southern, which I'm not saying is like a good thing or a bad thing. It's just is. It's very, the the Garner senior. It's just very, (laughs) I can't do an accent, but that's definitely why I always say it weird. But I have to go back and do a nerdy, and I could be wrong about this again. So like, if there are any physicians listening to to this podcast, like, but I just wanted to say, I did look up and it did seem like the cigarettes were like two blood clots and maybe they knew that obviously the timing is off. That probably was obvious, but like you're not going to light a cigarette in like 0.2 seconds later. So that was definitely a flourish. I don't need to do a PSA, but I felt like I needed to kind of in this moment. That's, That's not fair. realistic. Um, what's his name? Feels over. Yeah. What's his name? Lee, Lee. Lee Garner Sr. Lee Garner Sr. is, I think he says at one point, oh, you you New Yorkers, you know? And it's just like... It's, it's very plantation-y vibes, which yeah. is... Yeah. And like you said, Roger has heart issues. Mona comes. It's very tense. Like, I love Mona in this scene because she oh, really... Oh, she's badass. Uh, she's like, go to hell, Bert. You knew this was too soon. And I was which like... Which he did. He did. He did. She's yeah, right and then that. didn't love this whole thing where Bert basically like has to smooth it over again with Lucky Strike and how they're they're skeptical of Don still, and it just feels like hello, like someone just had to go to the hospital and we're still talking about business. Well, I mean, I guess those those heartless CEOs, right? It just felt really tactless to me. I guess it is true that like you're still in the hallway wouldn't you like go have a drink and then have five minutes of small talk about it's a shame and then talk about it it did feel very abrupt well they need to have pete be able to be in the hallway and hear it so yes oh and then i love this scene so the bros basically gather and they talk about what's going to happen (laughs) when when roger keels over and they're all like don's gonna be partner and sal's like i've already sent out my resume and pete is pissed because he and Don obviously don't have the best relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all I had. I just thought I like the banter in that scene. That's I, all. They... I, I definitely agree with the bros banter. I loved, there were two lines that I thought were really re- either revealing or funny. So one is they're talking about like, do you think Draper likes me? And they're talking about it. I find this very funny. And also, and they, Someone else says you can never tell. And yes. I don't know about you, but one that makes sense for Don, but two, I've definitely had bosses and higher ups like that where you can't tell. And I've talked about it with other colleagues. Like, does this person like me? <laughs> so it felt very real. And then after that, I love that Harry said, as someone said to Harry, I can tell he likes you. And it's really, it's revealed in later seasons that Don fucking hates Harry. I just find <laughs> that really funny that they seeded that like, oh, he likes you. No, he hates you the worst. Oh my gosh. And someone also says about Paul. Um, yes. The reason why I likes Harry and not you is because Paul, I can tell you work at it, which is just summarizes Paul <laughs> so well. Oh my like, God. So needy for approval. God, they all um, suck, don't they? <laughs> and I also, oh man, there's so many good 
quotes here. Um, I like that Pete said there's not a man in this office who's not holding Don up on their shoulders to let him reach partner. I think that's like, mm. while that does ha- that does happen, I think pretty often, I think that was pretty a pretty good line to yeah. say, you know, he's not as good as he thinks he is. So I don't know. I, I kind of like the bros in this scene. They were ridiculous. It was a great scene. Yes. See. So uh, this scene is rough. You get though. to cover the awkward Peggy day. Oh I no. I feel like you're going to have more to say about it than me, but yes, we jump. I'm assuming we're in Brooklyn because yeah. As we know, Brooklyn is not as built up as it is today, and mm. Manhattan is Manhattan. It's the city, and Brooklyn is, like, a lot more casual. Mm-hmm. Petty. Petty. We did that earlier. Petty. Peggy is on this blind date with a truck driver. Um, they are both smoking and drinking, which leads me to believe that she literally doesn't know she's pregnant, which is still strange. It Yes, just total disconnection with Even her body, though- which... I mean, it's clear that, like, at this period of time, like, because I feel like Francine, like, smokes when she's pregnant. So I feel like that science isn't there. But the drinking feels like it would be there. Well, we've seen Francine drink, too. Oh, boy. So just I, I do still think that Peggy doesn't know, but I don't. Yeah. I was upset by seeing this, but, um, you know. So Peggy is, like, this is, like, the chattiest Peggy scene I think we see in season one. Like, she talks so much. She's trying um, so hard to be cool and it's just not working. Yes, she's very excited about her job. She's ta- All she talks about is work. And, I, I, like, I know you really hate this truck driver guy, but I felt like Peggy was not being very, um, like, she didn't have a high EQ in this scene, I guess. She was just, like, bragging about work, trying to seem interesting, trying to seem like a Manhattan girl because she's, like, drank this Kool-Aid that she wants to be a Manhattan girl, even though everybody in Manhattan is, like, treating her like trash. It's a little confusing to me. She's being, like, a weirdly, like, sort of classist, I got the vibe of. Mm -hmm. She's being a snob, too. She's being a snob, and... But at the same time, I felt like her trying to smoke and drink this drink that clearly she didn't know was in it and she wanted it to be sweet and she wanted it to be yep. impressive though it was sort of like snobby to cover her being insecure and mm-hmm. also was not necessarily from the outset i didn't view it as being aggressive necessarily i thought it was more she was trying to seem interesting and then he kept on kind of scoffing at her and being like and then after a while, she started getting aggressive. So I guess I kind of viewed it as maybe she was being snobby, but like really that was kind of up for interpretation until he started scoffing at her. Yeah. I'm very not team truck driver. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's not a great date overall. It's, it goes back to your tangent last episode about how bad everyone is flirting on Mad Men in season yes. one. And she, so she orders a drink that Joan typically drinks, I believe. And then she starts mm-hmm. talking about Joan and I guess, like, where I empathize with the truck driver is, like, I feel like if you just meet someone and you start talking about somebody that that person doesn't know, it's, like, not a good conversation. But my fa- yes. well, this might be my favorite line is, like, Peggy's, like, talking about Joan and she says, she's a scream. And literally <laughs> last night I was talking about somebody and I just decided yeah. to drop that. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's a scream. And my friend was like, what? And I was like, oh, you know, a scream. And then he was she's like. She's the He was like, like, ah, like a scream. And I was like. <laughs> Yeah. Is that supposed to be good or bad? I don't understand the valence of that. I think it's just um, maybe like eccentric is how I interpret it. But Totally. I, I guess to step back and maybe be slightly too revealing, which is a habit I have on this podcast. <laughs> I really interpreted this as, and I totally get this when you work too much 
and then you go into public, you don't have any stories because mm-hmm. all you've done is worked. So what you do is you end up talking about other yes. people. That's- so I kind of viewed it as she was working all the time. She doesn't have a life. So she doesn't have anything to say other than what Joan has said. She doesn't know about drinks. She doesn't know about stuff. I know. She doesn't know oh. about, she doesn't have experiences. She just argues about Velveeta and the phone bill. <laughs> like, what the fuck is she supposed to say? I know. No, that's totally fair. I'm not like defending the truck driver, but I just she think is, they're both like not doing well on this date. I, I agree. She, I think she's snobby. She's definitely snobby. And I like her final line about like people in Manhattan are better than us because they've they want things they've never seen, but it's also deeply problematic at the same time. Well, she also says, okay, there's a few things. One, I noted that she was talking about chilled glasses and bars in Manhattan. And I was like, that must've been really innovative for the time to like chill a glass before you put it, put beer in it. And, but that to me felt like a very snobby thing to say, like, oh, in Manhattan, they chill their glasses. We're just in stupid Brooklyn or whatever. (laughs) And I kind of did feel that way. And then this, I thought was like the bitchiest line she said. And she was like talking about work again, which is fine. Like you can talk about work, but then she was like talking about her Belle Jolie copy, which she was clearly very proud of. And I think that's cool. But then he was like, Oh, like, can I read it? And she, or where was it? And she was like, Oh, it's like in these high end fashion magazines, you probably don't read. (laughs) Just. Oh, I kind of viewed it as like he wouldn't let read high in fashion because I'd be like girly. Yeah, but, but like, like then it's she shouldn't have brought it up. I mean, that's kind of where it circles back to. Right, right. I mean, she could have just like named a fashion magazine, you know? Yes, she's she's very much like doesn't they she's both not interested. Not, they both don't want to be there. They both kind of dis like have the sustain for the other person immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says adver- he doesn't like advertising because it screams at you. And Peggy says, well, good advertising. You don't even know it's an ad, which I totally agree with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he basically at the end just like suggests that she's actually not the city girl she thinks she is, which was very insulting. And well, he says you don't look like those girls, which is why do you have to make a fat comment? Like there were a whole bunch of things you could say that were mean about me other than my appearance. But she does say... So you drive a truck, which is not her finest moment. Oh, God. It's pretty bad. Well, that's the date. Um, Then in another scene, we see the Drapers are watching television. and (laughs) Serial. Yeah. Don decides to call Betty's therapist at a seemingly late time of day, you know? And I'm like, is he just always around to answer calls like late at night? Like, are you paying him extra for the service? Is he always just like sitting on his at his desk with like a whiskey ready to discuss? <laughs> Literally. And basically they have a talk and, and Don is like, she's worse than before. Like, what are you doing? What am I paying for? And the therapist is like, well, we can do like psychotherapy five days a week. And I felt like that was so like, maybe he intentionally definitely thought that would help Betty. But I feel like Don is just like, you're just trying to sell me on this thing that's not working. Of course he is. Yeah, it was, yeah. I would be annoyed like Don too. Although I think there's like two things that I found like very ironic about this scene. One is, which is central to something I said before, even if the therapist sucks, the her Betty being more unhappy is actually the therapy working. <laughs> That's a sign that like he, she's getting in touch with her feelings and explaining what the, like the nerves were, were about mm-hmm. the life being fragile and you don't like, you're not faithful. Like that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. So it's actually your money is paying off, dude. You just don't like the result. 
because it's not fixing like she's happy again. Right. And then I also thought it was funny that he comes home. It's something like he comes home and she says, I'm sorry about the guy going into the salesman coming into the home. And then he says, let's not talk about that. I made partner blur. Um, sorry. <laughs> or I don't remember exactly what he said. He says something positive. And then she goes, takes his hand and goes, this heat's going to break tomorrow. AKA let's connect and have sex. And then he says some offhand comment and then she feels awkward and walks away. And then he goes, she's broken. She's not happy. She's not happy because you just not had sex with her for three weeks. Like I understand this guy's dumb, but like, and he doesn't give a shit about Betty, but how is that she's broken? You're like literally not maintaining. I'm just saying the same thing we've always said. I just, it was just so funny in succession that he says she's not better when he so clearly is not paying attention to her. And what she wants is so obvious. Yeah. Just like don't bust a nut for a day and like, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. Oh man. Anyway, well, that's, that's a tangent. Would you like to jump to the, the copy meeting? Oh Lord. Peggy and the rejuvenator. Oh boy. Um, this is my second favorite outfit. Not because it's good, but I love seeing Peggy in a suit. Yes. That also feels very good transition for her character. Um, I liked her pitch personally. I thought her pitch was like pretty good for like the first one she did. As a she's also, pitch. yeah, she's put on the spot for sure. Like I think they were like, probably, oh, Peggy, you're coming to this meeting. And she probably had no idea what this entailed. And like, he was like, go ahead. And she's like, oh, okay. And I think she did a good job too. Um, I thought it was funny that she had to deal with them broing out over this guy, Mitch's wife. Oh my God. Having big boobs. And then. Well, first of all, like Sal brings it up to like overcompensate yet again. You know? Oh yeah. Like he's, Sal is like, oh, this guy's wife is so hot, you know? You're like, and then oh, no. I loved, or they're, they're growing out. They don't even say that. They're just like, oh, Mitch's wife. Am I right? And then mm-hmm. somebody at one point is like, Mitch's wife is very attractive. And I thought Peggy had the best reaction. And she was like, oh, I don't know her. And that made me laugh so hard. Cause I was like, but that's also the perfect thing to say because it's like if you're if you just decide to brew out with them it's so unnatural like oh she is really hot and if she's also like don't say that guys that's like patronizing or like not not you know she you're just being not sexist. a good option and she chose yeah. the only neutral option only option she had i thought that was so funny yes and i think we've all been in a situation where like guys are growing out and you're like do i involve myself like how do <laughs> i handle this um and then they start di- like they start insulting Freddie's wife for liking it, and then uh, Harry says, "For liking the, the weight loss product or wait, the, like, the quote unquote rejuvenator." Yeah, rejuvenator like vibrator. Ken, who ends up being a little twerp sometimes, is just like, "Oh, Freddie, doesn't your wife have one of those?" Because Peggy talks about it causing you know pleasures. <laughs> she doesn't say that, yeah. but um, yeah, and then like Ken and Freddie like almost brawl it out you know it almost brawl it out and then when everyone's leaving and everything's broken up harry says freddie's wife isn't as attractive as mitch's which is not how i interpreted that comment at all i thought it meant why does that have to do with using a vibrator although i guess that would be the kind of an archaic way of viewing that sort of thing you don't need a man because you're unattractive yeah okay but then 
And then Ken says, oh, Peg. Good good work, like, pegs. Work oh, pegs. It was like shoulder punch. Like it was cute. I was know? like, God damn it. Why are you kind of endearing even though you Why just is he did. the best bro when he literally Why is he like, the best bro even though he just said something problematic like two and, minutes ago? And even though like last episode he literally called her like a lobster for like he's, having a <laughs> Oh the meat. <laughs> he's a wholesome bro, which is like an oxymoron, but he is. He is, yes. Um ooh, and then there's the dryer okay. scene, which I, like I said, I have to apologize to you because I totally, like, this did not already happen. Uh, In my brain, I thought Mm -hmm. it had already happened. And I remember her sitting on it, but she definitely does not sit on it. So I don't know. Maybe there's another masturbating with a dryer scene (laughs) that exists in a different television show that I'm thinking about. But it's interesting. Well, I I definitely. (laughs) Basically, like this. This scene is great. Good fantasy. It really made the salesman seem like an interesting option, even though I didn't initially think that in the original. Wait, did, yeah, didn't you text me when you were watching this that you're like, oh, the salesman is kind of cute now. You know? He's, he's kind of cute. He's kind of cute. Um, Betty basically oh, and then pushes... I did not masturbate back then. <laughs> is that a thing? I mean, because probably. She's, I'm, she's I like feel like so people... Horny. Like, did she not just like bang one out like okay well not to bring in a a depressing topic but i feel like the lack of sexual education in this country in many states like girls don't even know that they should like look at their vaginas with a mirror so like they certainly wouldn't know to like touch themselves in the 60s and but i feel like peggy (laughs) peggy seems to i feel like peggy must have masturbated because she's like kind of gets what this like vibrator thing is doing you know I was I wondering if that's what it was or if, like, the end when she grabs for the rejuvenator, if that was a sign, like, ladies liberation, I'm gonna, like, have my, like, lead my own sexual pleasure, let's say it like that. I don't that. know. Maybe like, this I is don't all know a surprise. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, but, yeah, B- Betty basically, like, leans against this dryer. And then has this whole has this fantasy experience and then showing, like, the growing rift between her and Dawn, like... She is not satisfied. She's mad. If you're imagining other people, it's like not a great sign. Like not know. always, not always, but like if you're imagining well, she's imagining someone else because she's not getting touched by her husband. Yeah. You know, if you're imagining someone else, yeah, yeah, it's not her fault. But if you're imagining someone else and you're not interacting with your partner for a long time, I don't know. I personally think that might be not that great. Yeah. Wait. I so I feel like the rejuvenator and this dryer scene is why this episode is so vibrant but um <laughs> don't they end up don't they end up calling it the relaxicizer later they definitely do i wrote it down as relaxicizer and i almost read it the wrong way which, which is, is such like that's a way worse name than the rejuvenator the reju- they're like the name's not this good or not set i'm like no that name is a lot better than it is a lot better than the electricizer or whatever or the relaxicizer <laughs> It's like it sounds like a robot. No, you want something that's kind of like flowery and like not, you know, maybe I'm being a little harsh about the title, but I definitely agree with you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I remembered that correctly. Yeah. So this next scene kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, Don is both like constructive and patronizing and he's basically training Peggy on how to negotiate a raise, which mm-hmm. she totally deserves. But I just feel like sometimes he really is helpful and other times he's like kind of toying with her, 
Yeah, just doing it because he's bored or, again, because he knows it makes Pete mad and that makes him laugh. And I think <laughs> Which that, is yeah, weird. and I think there's also a bit of, like, a she's a woman, so it's it's funny seeing her in this man's role, honestly. But Don <laughs> doesn't like ever Don take it to that extreme. Know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's, that's really it. And then, basically, Don is called into Bert's office and Pete like freaks the fuck out. And he asks Hildy to watch the door and she's really mouthy about it. She's like, sure. That's all I'll do. Watch the door. And then Peter gets really mad at her, but yeah. Hell's bells. Who the hell? Blah, blah, blah. Um, just everyone snippy this episode. Very snippy. The heat. It's the heat. Um, to go back. I think it's funny that we thought that Pete only made 35 a week because that's the race that Peggy asked for. And uh, when I heard that, I thought, oh, man, she's going to make as much We as were Pete. so wrong. I literally think he makes like 3500 but how did we both mishear that? I don't know. I seriously want to go back to that episode, but also I don't want to hear Pete whine, so I don't think it's <laughs> worth it. Well, anyway, Bert offers Don 12%, so I'm assuming that's 12% of the company, not a 12% raise, right? I think so. I think he's a 12% stake in the company. So that's his share. And then he votes that amount of share. But then, which all of this sounds great. And he literally did just get a raise before this whole partnership thing. But Bert basically tells Don he has to do two jobs. So that doesn't sound so great. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Although Don is thrilled. It helps us cover story for not ever going home. Yes. Um, he and gets to determine head of accounts, which is where Duck is going to come in at yes. the end of the season, which is going to be a roller coaster. But Ugh, I don't like Duck, but that's another story. <laughs> His name's Duck. Um, yeah. And then Bert says, like, you know, we won't do a contract. And, you know, or, or Don says we won't do a contract. And Bert's like, of course, which just goes yet again how, like, mysterious the life of Don Draper is. And no one's really questioning it. But Bert's probably like, this is awesome. We don't have to write up the papers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, going back, I think that Bert, you misinterpreted the Garner Senior's reservations. I viewed it as you don't have a contract with him, not that he's not partner. I think that they would be more worried that he was just going to jump ship and go to a different mm. firm. So I feel like there was some misinterpretation there. Of course, because we always do. But yeah, the only other thing I wrote is pizza kiss ass and Peggy got a raise. For sure. Pete hilariously says he wants to apply for head of accounts. And then Don, you and I work so well together, which are two things that this human said that are so inaccurate. What did you think of Don's reaction to Pete's kiss assness? I thought it was it was half appropriate and half vindictive. Like mm-hmm. it was not it was overstepping, but not that much. He's also, he's sort of, it's interesting because Pete is hungry in a similar way that Peggy is, but then Peggy is just someone that Pete or that uh, Don wants to somewhat mentor mm-hmm. and Pete's just disgusting to him. So <laughs> they're not the same. So to be clear, Pete and Peggy are different, but I don't understand why on Pete it's so disgusting versus in Peggy. Um, yeah. I, I kind of think that there might be some history there that we never see between Pete and Don. They had some bad interaction. But then again, 
I feel like when we started this podcast, you said Pete had like just started working there. And I don't know. It's the, the timelines of the things is a little confusing. But yes, Don hates Pete. Pete is a kiss ass. And Peggy gets her motherfucking raise. So yes. And Pete steals some photos from Don, which will set up the next episode. And is, I don't know if it's at this point illegal, but nowadays that would be illegal. I know. I literally was like, nail. well, Pete goes into Don's office. Why? I don't really Lock know. your doors, people. <laughs> no one is safe. Um, and right. he opens the, I thought this, he opened the box of money, but. I think they're photos. And then he uses that <sighs> next, the next episode. Yes. So the, the next money, episode. Right. I State, it's whatever. Be, it's going to be the Bert saying, Mr. Campbell, who cares about the Don reveal? And then it's just like the best scene ever. I'm pretty sure that's next episode. And he's going to use the photos as like the like, don't trust this guy. He's not. Yeah. And then he's just like, I don't give a shit. Like every fortune's built on a lie. Yada, yada. Yeah. Um, But he definitely takes Don's mail from this male guy who mistakes Peter for Don because Peter is in the office of Don Draper. It's just Um, a weird move. If you're like upset at someone, like he didn't know that was black male worthy material. Um, so he just stole a box. Yeah. Like, he did, what is right. the move? I know. What and that's a felony. Move? It's a felony to steal. It's a felony. Mail. And it could be like freaking cologne. You have no idea. <laughs> I mean, probably not, but. Oh man. Don <laughs> goes home for dinner, which I wrote a shock, you know, and yeah. <laughs> the kids are looking at the TV too closely. And Don parents, another shock. He moves the kids away from the TV. And then you already covered this scene, which is why I think there's this confusion here. And they have this really awkward celebrating about Don turning partner, which you basically covered already. Oh, that's right. I thought that was before the, that's okay. It it made more sense in the order in which you told it. So, and then, then Peggy uses a vibrator, which is the ending scene. So we go from suicide to masturbation. It's a lot. And um, doing it for herself. She's just like, I'm just going to do like not go out. I'm just going to work and then have a vibrator, which is which like is a great way to end, I guess. Yes. Um, so, okay. So I guess at this point I was, I know we've talked about this before. I was wondering if Peggy knew she was pregnant or not, or like I wrote, do you think she's, stifled by Catholicism that she won't like acknowledge that she's pregnant. Like it's a, like a stuffed down stifled thing. Like she, she may like subconsciously know she's pregnant, but she's stifling it. I like, there's just no rumination on this, like her weight gain and how she feels about it. It seems like she doesn't give a shit about it. You know, the thing that's interesting to me, I guess if you hear about like, to say it kind of like in a very broad and maybe kind of harsh sense of women who like give birth over the toilet or that sort of thing. You don't just gain weight. You throw up all the time in the morning and then you when you feel the baby kick, like there's other things that happen. So the way my mom said it, when I kind of, we talked about it the first time we had to watch through about how this is possible. And she said, you have to be, I would guess you'd have to be really disconnected with your body and what it's doing. Yeah. And I mean, like there's literally, there's literally that show, like I didn't know I was pregnant, which means there must be enough people on this planet who don't know that they're pregnant to have a show about it. So it's not like it's not common, like uncommon. I don't know. I totally get your question though. Is it a question of lack of education or just like disconnection and like not willing to admit yeah, or just like 
lying to yourself too yeah like this can't i think she says this isn't happening yeah like this is not possible which of course it is of course it's possible like if you think back you did have sexy time Um, well it's also interesting too because i guess like one argument like i feel like there's this myth that's like since been debunked that like if you get on birth control it'll make you gain weight um, but I feel yeah. like they could have, they could have like put that in the episode because I think that would have been interesting, but maybe that, that myth wasn't around. I don't know. It, it just feels cause like Joan gets Peggy on birth control, like in the first episode. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, it's just hard for me to like watch her and her not know she's pregnant or at least not acknowledge that she's pregnant. That's all. Well, I guess maybe it's a lack of education. I totally get you. Maybe it's a lack of education. I think we talked about this in the first episode that she starts the pill the day she has sex with Pete. It yep. wouldn't start being effective for a couple of days. So it's technically right. possible. But, you know, Joan suggested she go get the pill. She's from a Catholic household. So it could be she doesn't know the time it would work. She thinks, I took the pill that day. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Like, yeah. there's no way. I mean, when you're throwing up every morning... I think at least maybe now we're taking for granted that we have this yeah. like cultural perception of like you see someone in a show throwing up, you're like, oh, she's pregnant. Like even if she doesn't gain weight, you just know. Yeah. Like maybe it wasn't like that back then. Yeah. Well, and I guess what I find interesting too is it's like she never really acknowledges to anyone else that she's gained weight. She's just dealing with everybody else telling her that she gained weight. And I find that to be just like an interesting, an interesting part of the show too totally i agree and i think it's interesting in this in this episode at the end where she kind of looks in the mirror for a second and looks a little bit upset about it it's her first time of her dealing Mm -hmm. with that fact and like showing how she feels about it rather than like you're saying what society kind of wants from her because those are like very different yeah Um, and like the last theory i have is that she's just like so consumed by work that she's like mm -hmm. that disconnect like she's not even like aware of it Yes, definitely. I think that's definitely possible. Although, I don't know why when we're talking, I'm thinking about, I guess they were like bigger, There, there's bigger ladies at this period, but I don't know why, but I would think that if, unless you were buying maternity clothes if you get to a certain size, they would be more expensive because it would probably be richer women who larger that it could be totally off base well i don't know the about that because larger in the show are usually like richer people i see what you're saying but we had that scene at the strip club and that woman was like rather voluptuous and curvaceous you know yeah that's true that's true i guess just seeing peggy have her like clothes they looked a little bit like maternity clothes so kind of going to that like I don't know. It's just Shopping a mystery in the maternity to me. Like, I don't know. Then hello. We're probably thinking um, too much and we should just think deeper. We're trying to get away from about now. it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody. Yeah. I, did you want to give people a teaser for the next episode? You usually do that. Yeah. So this, I already started this and then I was wrong. So let me start again. Okay. Next episode is going to be Nixon versus Kennedy. So it's going to be, I believe the Don Draper reveal, I think it could be the episode after, but I think this is the Don Draper reveal. It's Bert telling Pete who cares. And it is, um, an election. So I'm kind of glad, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of glad the election episode was not today because again, midterms yesterday. So we get a little bit of time between, uh, 
the actual midterms here and then the uh, election of Kennedy, which is coming. The change is coming. There we go. And we will chat about that next time. 